Well, good morning. The, uh, the friend that Brother Lee is talking about, as you'll see, my height will change here in just a moment. Uh, it is a stool. And so I, I, told, I told a few people, I think I could probably do it, um, but I didn't want on the live stream me to, me to get weak and pass out and then have to wheel me out of here. We figured that would be bad publicity. <laughs> so uh, we're going to rock the stool, and I'm going to do my best to, uh, to channel my inner Andy Stanley. And if you like him, then God bless you. Uh, but that's what we're going to try to do this morning and uh, try to make it work. Looking at this, uh, James chapter 1, I guess that's important. James chapter 1. I'm a little rusty. James chapter 1. I, uh, we're looking at the subject this morning. Uh, I, I say this all the time, but uh, I truly do seek to preach and teach things that I'm looking at in my own life and then allow that to just overflow from the pulpit or from the, uh, you know, in the youth room or whatever. I tr that truly is me because I've, I've got a lot of needs. I've got a lot of issues and struggles, and so I'm always, you know, seeking to go to the Word of God to find out the solution of those, because we know the Word of God has the answers, and I just seek to overflow that in, uh, in here this morning. So we're looking at the subject, uh, the, the entitled, How to Grow in the Midst of a Trial. I would, I would propose to you that James chapter 1 has some of the, verse 2 specifically, but has some of the hardest, uh, hardest things in reality to actually live in your everyday life. Um, so we'll, we'll read this, uh, and let me say too, I, I mentioned something the other day, we kind of talked, uh, Tori said more than I did, uh, because she actually was a far b bigger trooper than I was in all of this process, um, but I really am sincerely grateful for all those, for y'all praying for me, many of you, uh, gave money uh, towards that whole thing, I, I'm appreciative of that, um, and it was really an overwhelming thing, I remember when I first woke up, uh, Tori, uh, like I said, I, I got to sleep through the, through the worst parts of it, and I praise God for that. <laughs> Somebody actually asked me, I think uh, some, one of my family members, that, family members asked me, uh, what was it like at the end, you know, being on a vent or whatever? And supposedly I was awake, but I was like, I don't even remember any recollection of that. And I think that was God protecting me, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, but Tori, when I woke up, I, you know, she was kind of explaining everything to me, and and uh, walking me through, I thought all the, all the nurses around me also worked at Kennestone. I thought they made the commute from, from Kennestone to uh, Charleston and back and forth. Uh, like I said, I was out of my mind, and you may still think I am this morning. Uh, things are recovering, though. Uh, but she was telling me everything, and she started showing me how many people were praying for me, uh, people, friends, family, churches. Uh, and so, man, I, I'm truly so grateful for that. And one of the things that I said um, the other day when, when mentioning some of this, is that one of the main doctors told my family that the reason I progressed, because things were really bad, and then things trended up, uh, you know, pretty quickly. Once they started trending up, they, they trended up very well. Um, and he said it was because of my support system. Now, what he was not aware of, and I don't know if he was a believer or not, but what he was not aware of is how many, uh, how much prayer was being offered to, uh, to Christ on my behalf. And man, truly, if anything, uh, it has shown me the power of prayer. It has shown me how, how real it really is, and that it's not just something I'm, sh I'm just to do out of a, out of, out of a religious obligation. Uh, so I'm very grateful for that, and I'm very appreciative for that. So let's read the text this morning, and then we'll, uh, we'll dive into it. James 1, verse 2. He says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. And that's what I'm talking about. Man, I don't, I don't know how that is, is an easy reality for any of us. That's a, that's a, that's a challenge. 
Verse 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Verse 8. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. I'm going to pray one more time and then we'll dive into it. Lord, I, I pray that you would bless this morning. God, I pray that your word would go forth. Uh, Lord, we need your word more than anything else, more than my stories, more than anything of that. We need your word. And I pray that it would go forth and that you would do the work that only you can do. God, I pray that you'd give me strength and clarity of mind. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, verse 2, I made mention that it is one of the hardest realities for me to wrap my mind around. It's not, a, it's not a complicated thing, but it's something that I just have a hard time digesting. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers' temptations. So the first question that we need to analyze this morning, we've we got to understand, is what are these temptations here in this passage? What exactly is, is James breaking down here? Now, I know where we're at in, in the Bible. We're in, we're in James. It's a, it's a tribulational book to the Jew, but I'll, I'll, uh, we're going to reference a few cross-references, such as Romans chapter 5 and, and, and a few others. But this, this whole thing of glorying in tribulation or counting joy when we go into temptation, this is, what, this is what James is calling us to here. So the first mention of tempt, my mic go off? Is it, is it on now? Okay, uh, Genesis 22, this is the first mention. It says, and it came after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, is it still cutting off? Let me see. Let me see what we got. I'm on now. I got to stand on it. The Lord, yeah, the Lord's trying to tell me something. We're going to move this bad boy to the front pocket. Let's try that out. All right. So that's the first mention of the word uh, of the word tempt. Okay, now why do I go there? Well, because what I want to show you here in this passage is that this is not the same type of temptation where we're, we're enticed to sin. Okay, because there would be no reason to count that joy. As the temptation comes across my way that would entice me to sin or entice me to disobey God, there's no reason to joy in that. But what we find here, just simply comparing Scripture with Scripture, is if you look at Hebrews eleven seventeen. So again, Genesis 22, this is the story of, of Abraham and, and where God told him to sacrifice Isaac. And it says that God did tempt Abraham. But then Hebrews eleven seventeen, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried. Okay, so there, there's a, a working definition of what the Lord's trying to show us here. When he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. And you can even see later on in the chapter that this, this temptation we find here in, in James 1, 2, again, it's not that temptation to sin, but it is a trial. Verse, uh, I think it's, let's see, verse 12. Verse 12 says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. So this thing that James is calling us to here, to joy in, is, is simply a trial. Now, again, that, that's a hard thing uh, for, me to, for me to wrap my mind around. My dad actually was quoting this when, when I was out of the hospital and everything. He's, he was quoting this verse a lot, and, and he's honest like I am. He's like, you know, I, I, I don't know how to joy in those moments. 
And, and, and so this morning, what I'm, I'm simply trying to do is, again, studying this for my own life, I'll admit to you, this passage is not necessarily true in my life, but it is what I want to be true in my life. I want, I want to allow this trial that the Lord has, has, has allowed me to go through to, to bring honor and glory to Him. So th- three simple things this morning uh, that I believe we can find here in the text in James 1 uh, on how to grow in the midst of a trial. And again, man, your, your thing, maybe you're going through something right now and maybe it looks nothing like what, what I've gone through and, and praise the Lord for that. Uh, but nonetheless, man, a, a trial is no respecter of persons. I remember the pastor that I grew up under he used to always say that you're either in a storm, you're coming out of a storm, or you're getting ready to go in one. Now, as a 16-year-old, I would hear that, and I'm like, I'm not interested in any of that business. <laughs> but it is true. It is true. This, uh, Job says that man is full of trouble. And so that is the reality of it. But, but three things we've got to understand here from this passage, if, if we're actually going to grow in the midst of a trial, because, see, a lot of times, for a lot of people, even Christians, trials are not a place of growth, but it's a place that it actually destroys their life. Yeah. But God has allowed the opportunity for growth to happen in this. So number one, we must approach the trial with a biblical mindset. We must approach the trial with a biblical mindset. Now we know that Satan is always after our mind. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 talks about him being the little g God of this world. And it actually says, even, this is for lost people, but he does similar things to Christians. He says that he hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. You go back to Genesis chapter 3, and what is the first thing that Jesus is doing when he's on, or, or, that Satan is doing when he's on the scene? He comes up to Eve, and he's questioning the word of God. He asks a question. He says, yea, hath God said. And so Satan is always trying to cast doubt. He's always trying to... To, to, to infiltrate our minds and to cause us to, to lose faith. And he's very good at that, for obvious reasons. He's very good at that in the midst of a trial. We're at, we're at a weak point, and he knows that, and he, he seeks to, uh, to take advantage of that. But again, notice, we must, have the, we must approach the trial with a biblical mindset. James 1, 2, again, here's the verse. He says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. Okay, that's the, the, the mindset is when, this, when a trial does come up on the horizon, whatever that looks like, the, the call here is to count it all joy. But I'll be honest with you, again, that's not natural in our flesh to do that, right? We actually don't want opposition. We do, at least me, I don't want resistance. I want a smooth sailing ride. But there's a couple things we need to understand when understanding how uh, this whole thing of, of having a, the right mindset of this trial. It, first of all, that trials do often come from the enemy. That's just a fact. Trials oftentimes do come from the enemy. Ephesians 6, 12 says we wrestle not with flesh and blood. We're at a war, and, 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 and Satan's biggest agenda is to keep us from being a good soldier of Christ. But there's also something else we've got to remember, and this is, this is something I had to continue to remind myself in all of this. Although the enemy may be uh, working in the midst of that, secondly, God always... God, uh, God allows the warfare that we face. So though the enemy may be the one that's, that's hey, he's stirring the pot. He's, he's causing problems. He's causing issues. Man, we can't turn a blind eye to the fact that, hey, God still allowed that thing. He still allowed it to be a reality in our life. 
And, and so what we see when looking out throughout history, in, in church history, and even in the Old Testament, is that, man, Satan will oftentimes be working and doing things, and God is actually working in that same scenario for his glory. Genesis 50, 20, this is, this is uh, Joseph and all the stuff he had going on at the end of his life. But it says, but as for you, ye thought evil against me. I think this is Joseph talking to his brothers here. But God meant it unto good to bring it to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. And so that's, man, that's the thing. It, it's so easy to think, yeah, but well, I tell you, the devil, he's all over me. And, and I believe he was. But at the end of the day, just like with Job and many examples in Scripture, hey, God still allowed it. So God has a purpose for that, and God wants to do something with it. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, this has always been very intriguing to me. This is where, where Jesus comes, and he's, he's about to be tempted of the devil. But notice, notice what it says before that, before he comes into the wilderness. It says, then was Jesus led up of the Spirit. Notice the Spirit's capitalized. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So why would, why would that be the case? Why does the Lord allow opposition like this to come? Well, because, man, it's only through opposition that we actually get victory. Amen. Luke 4, a, a parallel passage to Matthew 4. Notice here, this is when, again, he's, the temptation is ending. And it says, and when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Now, notice this right here, Luke 4, uh, verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of of the Spirit into Galilee. I'm afraid that oftentimes in my own life, I've been so scared of, of opposition and been so scared of resistance that the Lord was wanting me to go through and allow me to go through things so that I could see the victory that He could provide for me. And so here's our note. There is no spiritual victory without spiritual opposition. I mean, it's the, old, it's the old saying, there's no, there's no testimony without, without a test, right? There is none of that. And so th this last note before we get to the next point here, we will not grow in the midst of a trial if we are not consumed with God growing us and using us for his glory. So that, that's the whole thing. As, as, we, as, as a trial is, you know, is on the horizon, as we see that entering into our life, man, I've got to take a step back and remind myself, hey, you know what? Though the devil may be at work, man, God's allowed this for a reason. And we're going to get here in a second, but we know that he works all things together for our good and for his glory. And so, man, we have to remind ourselves of that if we desire and if we actually are going to get to the place where we do grow in the midst of a trial. Number two, not only do we have to have a biblical mindset, but number two, we must trust God in the midst of the trial. Again, man, super easy preaching, right? But yeah, we got to trust the Lord all the time. Uh, but man, this is, this is what God has called us to. Okay, so verse 2 tells us that we have to joy in this thing. That's what he wants us to do, to find joy in that. But then verse 3 says, knowing this. So in other words, verse 2 is the command. But verse 3 is showing us how we can have the ability to obey that command. So hey, find joy in that trial, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience and man i want you to, to to key in on that word work it so in other words man even though like i said even though the devil may be at work even though the enemy may be at work whatever man god is doing a work he is he is working in and through us in the midst of those times 
So here's our blank, very simple. We must allow God to work in us through the trial. And it's key to say that we must allow him to do that because one of my big problems uh, throughout my whole life, I guess, is that I try to figure everything out. Like, I'm 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 an overthinker. And before we actually went uh, to Myrtle Beach, which is how I got to Charleston and all that, um, we went to a hospital locally because, I mean, I don't know if you can tell, I got a patch on, on my right eye. And so... I woke up Friday morning before we went on Saturday with a, a cross eye. And I was like, well, that, that's concerning. Uh, so we, we went to a hospital Saturday morning, and they did some scans, and they thought I had a tumor. Um, and I remember we were on the way to Myrtle Beach, and, and I've had people ask me, why would you still go? Well, man, the Lord, he directed our circumstances. He really did. He, he got me to the place I needed to be. Uh, but I remember, I remember being in the car, and the Lord giving me peace because, man, I thought at this point, I'm, I'm heading to vacation. At this point, I think I potentially have a tumor, and I don't know what all that entails. Uh, and I'm obviously very nervous. But at the same time, the Lord did give me a, a supernatural peace because I remember Romans 12:1 came to my mind. And I told the Lord, man, I don't know if you're like me, but I just talk to the Lord in layman's terms a lot of times. And I told the Lord, I'm like, God, I have presented my body a living sacrifice to you the best I know how. So my life is yours. And in, in, in this, man, if I'm not careful, in these, these trials, in these moments, I sometimes become my own roadblock and getting, getting in the way, not allowing God to work in that for his glory. So Romans 5, uh, again, it, for, for uh, those that maybe don't like to apply James, Romans 5, 3 says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation. So James 1, 2 says that we need to count it all joy when we enter those things. But Romans 5 says, we glory in tribulations also, knowing that, the tri- that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. 1 Peter 1.7 says, that the trial of your faith being more precious than of, uh, for the, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. So again, man, I've oftentimes found myself in this, this place where I, I, I want no opposition. I want things to be on the easy street. I want things to be, uh, to be smooth. And by the way, I'm still not looking for, for anything. I'm not, you know, asking God, hey, send me another one, right? Uh, but nonetheless, I've run from that a lot of times. But it's in these moments a lot of times that this is where God begins to work this in my life and in your life. He works patience. He works faith. I think it's interesting, if you were to study out the word patience and study out the word faith, they're actually mentioned together ten times in Scripture. So, you know, you'll have a lot of people say, you know, never pray for patience. And, and I, I try not to do that either, okay? But never pray for patience. But I, I will say this, you know, I, I found a lot of times in my life, because patience and faith are so connected, I have found that when, I, when I'm struggling with patience directly to the Lord, I'm really struggling with faith. Because what I'm, what I'm saying is I'm not trusting God in what he's doing. And I try to figure it out and, and make that thing happen on my own. And so, man, through these trials, it, 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 not, only builds, it not only builds patience, which actually we see uh, results in building hope, but it builds our faith. Job 23.10, we, we see from these references here that this is the whole process, man. The way God's economy works, even though I want the easy street, and even though I want things to be smooth and simple, God actually does build up by, by tearing down a lot of times. That's how, that's how actually our bodies work. If I want to get stronger, you know what I do? I tear down muscles. 
If I want to get faster, I, I run myself crazy and, and try to push myself to the point of exhaustion. That's how, that's how life works. And in our spiritual life, it's no different. Job 23.10, he says, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. And again, notice there's a lot of connection with this whole gold thing throughout Scripture. Psalm 66.10, For thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Thou broughtest us into the net. Thou, laid, uh, thou laidest affliction upon our loins. Verse 12, Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. And so this is the way, man. This is the way that through God's economy and the, way, the reason he allows these things is because he does want to do a work. He does want to do a work, and, and, and if we respond to that trial in the right way, it allows him to do that. Romans 8, as I was saying earlier, Romans 8, 28, everybody loves this verse for obvious reasons. And, and, and again, I try to put this into my own life, in my own scenario, in my own circumstances recently, but it's true. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And this is the good that he works. Verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. Now, notice predestination here is not to salvation, but it's being to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So oftentimes, even though it doesn't always make sense, whatever, again, your trial may look different than mine, even though it oftentimes doesn't make sense, man, the Lord allows these things. And he allows them so that we will come out on the other side uh, and able to glorify him more because of that. And then number three, and bro, I'll be honest with you, I'm moving this morning. So it's, uh, y'all going to beat the Methodists to, to lunch. I'm moving. And number three, so, so again, if we're going to grow in the midst of trial, that's a hard thing. But because we have hope in Christ, because we have the foundation of the Word, Word of God, we can do that. But we must always take a step back and have a biblical mindset as that's approaching us. We must trust Him once we remember, hey, God's allowed this. He's allowed it in my life. Okay, Lord, I don't know. I can't figure it all out, but I'm going to trust you in the midst of it. And then number three, we have to be single-minded toward eternity. We have to be single-minded toward eternity. I want you to notice verse 8. And by the way, the, it talks about in verse 5 that we need wisdom. How do we get wisdom according to verse 5? Well, we get wisdom by asking the Lord in prayer. But we also get wisdom, 1 Corinthians 2, by studying the Scriptures and comparing Scripture with Scripture. But man, that leads us, I believe this wisdom is what leads us to being single-minded. It's one of the, the greatest things a Christian can do is to be single-minded toward, toward eternity. But notice James 1.8, we know this verse. He says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And man, it, it, again, a trial can take, can take two different directions. It can strengthen somebody in the Lord. It can be used for God's glory, or it can, it can ruin somebody. Uh, and I remember I was talking with, I think it was Kyle. Me and Kyle were in the, uh, in the room together, just me and him at one point. And I, I told him, I'm like, man, those that don't know Christ or those that are not clinging to Christ and walking with Christ, I'm like, this is how people just flat out hit rock bottom. You go through something, and, and there's, there is no hope. There is none of that Romans 5 there's none of that patience leading to hope. And there is nothing that we can view on the other side 
of this life, and man, that leads to a, to a deep and dark place. But a double-minded man, if, again, if I, if I approach a trial, if a trial does come into my life and I'm completely double-minded, I'm, I'm focused on the here and now, I'm focused on this over here, I'm focused on the carnal things, man, I'm a, I'll be unstable in all my ways. And here's our sub-point here, very simple. Trials in a carnal mindset are a terrible combination. Trials in a carnal mindset are a terrible combination. I don't know if you've ever been to like a funeral where there was, the person did not know Christ or they didn't know if they know Christ. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a terrible place to be. When we enter these things, we enter struggles without the hope of Christ and without the hope of eternity and without the, the sure foundation of the Word of God and promises to stand on. It's a terrible combination. Romans 8, 6, the, Paul says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so, man, as, as we approach this, what the Lord desires, I believe this is why he, he finishes this off here, uh, at least the text that we're looking at, is he's reminding us, hey, man, you're not going to grow in the midst of a trial if you're double-minded. If you're focused on the here and now, if, if, if you care more about the things of this world than you do about the Father and about eternity, you're not going to be strong and single-minded in the midst of this trial. Romans 5, uh, again, we, we, we mention this, but it says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And so this is our, this is our last sub-point, just to, again, to show us how the Lord wants to work in and through this. So when trials are responded to properly, this is what it's all about, it will bring glory to Christ in eternity. I think it's very interesting. We, we talk about Laodicea a lot of times around here. And in Revelation 3, and I, I think I've preached this in here before. It's been probably a couple years ago. Uh, but Revelation 3, 17, this is the whole text of Laodicea. He says, Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Now notice what he says here in verse 18. He says, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich. And again, man, when you study that thing out and you cross-reference that thing around and it brings you back to texts like 1 uh, Peter 1.7, which that gold is the trial of our faith. You, know, you realize what Jesus is saying here? He's saying, man, I counsel you to buy that stuff. He's saying, hey, don't, don't necessarily run from that, but understand that there's a purpose for that in your life. 1 Peter 1.7 again, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. Notice this. Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So what, would, would it be worth it to, to engage in a trial and to respond to that properly if Jesus Christ got more glory at the rapture, at the coming, at when he comes? Would that not be worth it? And that's what he says here in 1 Peter 1, 7. James 1, 12, he gives us a very similar thing. He says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. So at the end of the day, man, this is, this is what I've, when looking at this kind of stuff and when studying this stuff out, the question that I've, I've had to ask myself and that I, I hope to be true later on in my life when something else arises is, is your current temporary discomfort worth eternal glory to Jesus Christ? 
Is your current temporary discomfort worth eternal glory to Jesus Christ? Uh, and, you know, I don't know what the Lord will do with all of this, to be honest. I, I have no idea. Um, I know that he's already done an amazing, amazing work physically in me, and I praise God for that. But, again, just when I woke up hearing all these amazing stories and people praying for me and stuff like that, my mom actually mentioned of two people that I used to, to I grew up with, went to school with, whatever, and they, they care nothing about the Lord. Uh, I believe they're saved, but they, they don't walk with God. They don't go to church. And both of them have, had start, started to begin to actually show up to church and, and begin to engage with the Lord again. And at the end of the day, man, that, that's the question. Even though it may be uncomfortable, and again, your trial may look different than mine. It doesn't have to be a health thing. It can be something completely different. And those things are uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, if we're going to believe the scripture that we looked at, if we're going to believe that we ought to, to, to count it joy, and that we ought to glory in tribulation. The only way that we can do that, for one, we have to have hope in Christ. If you don't know Christ this morning, man, when that trial comes, you have nothing to hang on to. You don't know Jesus Christ. You need to know him. You can meet him today. Uh, but for those of us that know Christ, the only way that that's going to be true in my life, that I can glory in those moments, is when I take a step back and remember, you know what? He's allowed this. And he wants to work in and through me because of this. And the only way I'm going to do that is if I'm truly single-minded, focused on eternity. Bro, I don't even talk to you about once you come up. I want you to shut her down. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> Good preaching, dude. Yep. Yeah, I couldn't help but I couldn't help but think about um, those of us that raised kids. And, um, you know, a lot of times. And your, your kids go through stuff at school. Your kids go through stuff with their friends. And kids go through changes just emotionally and behavior and all this stuff. And, and you know, you can be there for them. And, but a lot of times it's just, you're just there to guide them. Because you can't always, can't always fix what's going on at school. Right? You can't fix what's going on in their relationships. You know, I learned a long time ago that those kind of things in my kids' lives are what were going to make my kids the people they needed to be if they viewed them the right way. And you know, that's the same way I teach my kids is the same way God's trying to teach me. Like that every single thing that comes in my life. It depends on how I look at it. Depends on how I view it. Depends on if I get bitter and angry. I mean, there's been some things going on in my life recently that I, I've had to I've had to really buckle down and pray to not get angry, to not be bitter. Like I can't imagine, you know, I prayed for Tori a bunch of times. And I, I'm not saying she ever would. But Lord, help her don't be angry. I'm I'm sure she's confused. She's I got all this peace. She's texting us. She's got all the peace in the world. And I'm over here praying like, man, I hope that stays. <laughs> if it don't, it's gonna be bad. Uh, but I I mean you know I'm I'm kind of like Dylan. I just talk to the Lord real plain. I'm like, Lord, this could turn real easy. Like she could like I just don't and I don't want I don't want to see that right. Why? Because it depends on how you see everything. How you view everything really matters. I, I can't help but think 
Um, you know, I say this all the time um, to, to various people outside of here, but I, uh, Miss Diane's daughter uh, came here for years, Ashley, and she was here for, for such a long time. Um, and uh, she got cancer and, and passed away. And God used that. Miss Diane was here like the very next Sunday, something like that. The very next Sunday, I said, why are you here? I just felt like I ought to be here. Ashley would want me to be here. Was It, it was a month later, two months later. Uh, Miss Diane's sitting in my office. We're just talking. She's wanting to talk about something. We're start talking about salvation. And they said, yeah, I've been thinking about that. I need to get saved. And Miss Diane calls on the Lord and asks ask God to save her. And I can't help but think about as tragic as that was, but God got glory out of Asher. It depends on how you look at it. And so, hey, this trial, my trial, the one you're going through, the one you're going to go through, the ones that you've been through, man, it just depends on how you come out of them. And praise the Lord, right? Man, it was a great, it, super convicted for me. Man, you're always dealing with people, and there's always trials with people. Why? Because people are just people. We always have trials, right? And you got to look at them the right way if you're going to bring the Lord glory at the judgment seat of Christ. And in this life, in this life, the dressing room for the judgment seat, right? And, and no doubt, no doubt God's, uh, God's using this for us to see, right? God using this scenario this month-long situation for us to see. And we we got to give God glory where we're at, right? We got to bless the Lord where we're at. Amen? All right. Praise the Lord, bro. Um, let, let, me, let me make, um, we're going to pray. Uh, let, me, let me make one more uh, short announcement. Um, we, we're so uh, leadership around here. Um, has been talking and been praying, and we were this close. Um, we were this close to not have a revival, okay? This close, and um, and you say, why? Why would you do that? Well, um, things did not line up the way that they were supposed to line up. Uh, you know, and 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 look, I, I, you've never heard me harp on money at all around here. I'm not that guy, ever. I, I will tell you, you better be a good steward of your money or it will fly out the window, just like the Bible says. Right? Amen? Um, it, but stewardship has definitely been off around here. There has been hearts that have been in other places beside laying up treasures in heaven. Okay, that's not my words. Amen. It's the words of Jesus Christ, right? We have wait. We're you're not careful. You're going to waste your talent. He's going to come back. He's going to find you unfaithful. You're going to you're going to you're going to have a you're going to have a talent you hid somewhere, and you're not you have you haven't multiplied anything. Okay, I, I'm saying this for the sake of. The, Making sure we all understand this stewardship issue. It ain't got nothing to do with anything else besides that, okay? Um, we worked around it, 
and um, uh, we made it happen. Um, J- Jason Holly was offended uh, that we even considered it. And so he's like, that's a terrible excuse. I'll, I'll see you next week. Um, so he's, despite, it, it, I, how many of you know that every other profession in the world gets paid for what they go and do? Does anybody know that? Okay. And while this is not a profession, it sure is a job. Amen? Everybody understands that, right? You can't, you, can, uh, you know, the old, the old preachers would say, uh, Lord, uh, you keep, what is it? You keep him safe and we'll keep him humble? Is that, it's something like that. Uh, you know, the, years ago, the, the church thought it was their job to keep the preacher humble. Um, listen, we're, we've always taken care of everybody that's came here, okay? Just be praying about that, okay? Everybody understand that? All right. He is staying, and Jordan ain't here. So this is a great time uh, to make this announcement uh, for the church so she can't give her remarks or comments on it. Uh, no, 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 she's no, she's not here, thank goodness. Um, but he's staying with us in the house that we don't live in yet. Yeah, 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 there, it's going to be one of them, uh, one of them, HGTV moments. In from here to next Sunday is HGTV all the way. Uh, yeah, no, there's not a. I mean, the only thing that's there is a few rolls of toilet paper and some paper towels. And uh, so, yeah. George, there. Well, I didn't eat all that. I've eat all. Everything that was in the freezer. The refrigerator is completely gone. Um, I've eat it all. Uh, me and Sean and uh, and Shane, we've devoured it. Um, so there's nothing left to eat. Um, yeah, I told Jordan yesterday, I said, well, they can just stay with us. She's like, You're, you know, you've lost your mind. And before I knew what happened, I was texting in the group text with Jordan and Jason and, Hi and Tiffany. And I'm like, hey, y'all can just stay with us. And she's like, we would love to do that. <laughs> and, and, and I'm in, actually in a dugout coaching while I'm doing all this, and Jordan's outside the fence. So it was wonderful. It was a great time. Y'all can talk to Jordan about it Wednesday night, and she'll be really happy to hear uh, such a great story. All right? So, anyway, I hate giving those kind of updates. They really do. It hurts my heart, man. Um, you know, it really does. And, um, and I don't want you to ever think that I don't. Okay? All right. Well, uh, how many of you just... Just love getting to see Brother Dylan back doing his thing this morning. Amen. Amen. All right. I know my kids love Wednesday night. They got to hear, uh, you know, they, they get to hear some stories. And, and, you know, you think it's, yeah, you, yeah, we need to, uh, we need to do that for real. Um, yeah, right. Um, because they come away and they, they were like, I was like, so what'd you learn? Trust the Lord. All right. So every Wednesday night we come home and we sit and we talk about church on Wednesday for usually 30 minutes an hour. And, I'll, you know, Sarah Jo, um, what'd you learn? Trust the Lord. And she would tell me something. And she's like, you know what you got to do? And I'm like, what? You got to trust the Lord. 
listen, this fool's done, she's hitting yesterday. I said, what, she, I said, what are we going to do? She said, we're going to trust the Lord. So, uh, yeah, yeah, she's taking it overboard a little bit. But I'm like, I don't think the Lord cares about ball. She's like, well, we're still going to trust the Lord. Can't do nothing with them. So, all right, praise the Lord. Thank God for his goodness. Amen. When we don't deserve it. All right. Let's pray. Let's ask God to bless today, and uh, and you can you can go. Make sure you tell Brother Dylan how how thankful you are for for what he gave us this morning at God's Word. Amen. All right, Lord, thank you for this morning. Uh, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being good uh, in despite of despite of all of our nonsense. Sometimes, Lord, you are good and you are faithful, and Lord, we're just we're really grateful. And uh, God, may all of uh, may all the things that overwhelm us not uh, bring us to a place to where the fact that we are thankful just completely slips our mind. Um, God, it's, it's really easy to get overwhelmed when everything's just piling on top of you. And you get anxious, and, and Lord, you either, you know, I either get fearful or, or get angry. And, um, and God, I, I know that you hadn't given me any of that. That's all me. It's all in the power of my flesh, doing carnal stuff. And so, Lord, I pray that you help us to see that everything that we go through, like Brother Dylan said, a, a carnal mind and, and trials are, are just a terrible combination. But that we can bring you glory if we're walking in the Spirit in the midst of our trials. Lord, I pray that you bless this morning, bless what was said. Lord, I, I thank you for all that you've done. Uh, Lord, next week, God, uh, we'll be back in this building, and Brother Jason and Miss Tiffany, and uh, they'll be here with us. And, and Lord, I, I just pray that we come in with a heart ready uh, to see you do great things. Uh, Lord, we, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. <laughs>